You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Wise Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to begin today by calling in the spirits. So I call out to the ancestors. I call out to the ancestors who dreamt of a future And you were born and so was I. I call out to our ancestors and all of those who bring that which is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral line into our lives. I call out to those people that lived well and died well and understood why they were here and guided their children to discover that within themselves so those children would know how to guide theirs. So I call out to these ancestors to gather around us here today to help us to do what needs to be done for the people that are living in this time with this particular set of gifts and skills and particular set of challenges and frustrations. So we ask the ancestors to be with us, that we might learn from those who have gone before us, that we might heal, move beyond that which was left in disarray in the past and create something new for the future that allows all living things to be here together in a good way. So I call out to the earth below to be with us here today and to bring us that beautiful energy of home, of place, of grounding. We give thanks to the earth for the wonder of her dreaming that brought life as we understand it to the face of this planet. And may we all live in a way today that extends that beauty out into the world. We call out to the earth to help us to feel a sense of belonging, a sense of connection and the interconnection as we are all one. Help us to know that truth in the way that we live this day and to feel the energy of the earth as wisdom rising up within us that we know how to be manifest in form in a good way. And with our feet firmly planted in the earth, feeling what it is to be in a body, to be in form, to be on this planet, to be in this day and to be living this miracle. So with our feet firmly planted in that earth, in this time, with the ancestors gathered round, let us send our energy up from our bellies, our hearts, our minds, all the way up through the sky, through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos and all the way up to the highest power of the universe. And by whatever name you call that power, call it down. Call it down because it is your choice to do so. It is your choice to plant your feet in your body on this earth and your choice to reach up and call this divine energy down into yourself, into your day, and into these proceedings. So I call out to the energy of the sky above, to that true yang energy, to the divine by all the many names humans have called this energy, I call it down, to bring into the heart of these proceedings blessings, to bring in generosity. And to protect us, that we might open to hear things we have never heard before or to speak things that have never been spoken before. So I call out to this energy that we might know and find in our life the mentors, the champions that help us along the way, that we might do what feels in the moment impossible but is not. 
So I call out to this energy to come down, infusing our mind, our heart, and our belly, and mixing within us with the energy of the earth, that we can come into balance in this day with these two energies, the essential energies of life on this planet, earth and sky, yin and yang. Let them balance within us as we go forward. And call out to that energy that is most essentially human, the energy of the human heart. We call out to the space of the heart to open and receive us here today. And we ask the heart to be what it is truly uniquely designed to be, is the great crucible. Where the energy and the magic and the passions and the fire of the belly can rise up carrying with us, with it, the reason of why you are here. And draw in the energy of the mind. Clarity, discernment, inspiration, creativity, and these energies can mix without annihilating each other there in the heart and find together this third energy that is your own knowing of why you are here. And may we each find in our heart the courage to live that knowing the best we can in this day, knowing tomorrow it may evolve and it may change, but that there is no reason in that to hesitate to give your gifts to the world today. So with these energies gathered round, I ask that what needs to be spoken will be spoken and what needs to be heard will be heard and that all of these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I also want to give thanks to those of you that make this show possible. So I give special thanks to Josh and to Endrick and all the listeners who have donated to this show financially. Um, if this show is meaningful to you in any way, and that doesn't just mean happy ways, it could be irritate the hell out of you, and that's fine, as long as it moves you in the heart and stirs your passions in some way, I ask you allow yourself to be moved to, into action, because this is the essence of shamanism, to allow ourselves to be moved and motivated in life by the powers of the heart. And so I ask you to move into action and support the show in some way. If you'd like to donate to the show, you are welcome to go to whyshamanismnow.com to the show's site and to click on the support button there. And you're welcome to give any amount, large or small. Every single bit goes to keeping the show on the air. And I also encourage you to share the show and to talk about the show, to send me questions about the show, to send me ideas for the show, but to engage with the show in some way that helps it to grow stronger and to spread out into the world. And I want to thank all of you who are doing that and have done that because it's with you that we keep the show live and we keep it free for those who have access to the computer all around the world. And if you could look at my little stats I get from iTunes, we do have listeners all over the world. And I just hope that those listeners can grow and that our understanding of what we've been given by our ancestors to do and what is needed by the descendants for us to do becomes clearer and clearer in our minds as we share these teachings and these ideas and these possibilities. So welcome to the show today, everyone. It is live. You are welcome to call in at 512-772-1938 or if you are um, on the site, you certainly can click that Skype button to call in and you are also welcome to email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org so today the topic of the show is about the soul's purpose but it's in particular how do i find my soul's purpose um after we re-ran the soul's purpose show from much earlier this year um while we had a little break um, last month, I got a lot of questions, and some of them were very, very good. But the, the 
the theme in the questions was, great, Christina, I get it. Thank you. I'm inspired. But how do I do it? And um, it made me realize I'd sort of uh, forgotten to give a little challenge or a how-to or a thing that you could do in every show. I sort of forgot about that. And and so I'm going to try to return to that in all the shows. But today we're going to talk specifically about how do I find my soul's purpose. And before I even get into the show, um, I want to share the message that I got from my ancestors this morning as I was tending my altars and communicating and asking what I'd left out about the show. And they reminded me that the main reason contemporary humans, I don't know if this was true in the past. I really, I'm not, I don't have a good instinct for that, but I know this is really true for us today. The main reasons we don't know what our soul's purpose is or what our guidance from spirit is, is because we receive it and we ignore it because it seems too simple. I just had an experience of this this weekend. I was teaching, and this woman had this huge experience with spirit, and, they, and the spirit said, don't worry about it. She was kind of freaked out. They said, don't worry about it. We'll take care of that. All you need to do is something and stay grounded. And she just didn't even know what to do with that answer because she didn't realize that to stay grounded in and of itself is a profound act for each of us every day and that that one thing being left to her to do was more than enough for her to do to truly take the actions every day throughout the day and to grow in our understanding of how to be grounded that we get really powerful but exceedingly simple answers from spirit all the time and we dismiss them because we can't believe something so simple would change the great big mess that we've made out of our life or the great big profound thing, the great challenge, the great whatever. It seems so huge and insurmountable and blah, blah, blah. And yet we deny the very answers that we've been given. And this is a really common theme, just in general across the board. Okay, so what do you do when you get an answer like that? Simple answer, be grounded. What you need to do is very, very simple and in the context of soul's purpose because Your soul's purpose is your context for everything. So in the context of soul's purpose then, what you would say is, okay, my job is to be grounded, for example. You'd say, okay, great. Show me what it would look like if I were grounded to the degree I need to or in the way that I need to be grounded to live my soul's purpose. Great. Thanks for that answer. And then show me what my grounding looks like today. And then usually, relatively speaking, your response to the second answer, which is show me how my grounding looks like today, would be, oh, crap. Because usually, we are living far below the standards we need to live at to do what we've come here to do as an energy being. We're doing great as people out here in the world, consuming and running around and doing things, but not in the cultivation of our energy as an energy being. And this is often the very simple answers spirit is giving us. So um, what does it look like if I'm grounded in a way that will support me living my soul's purpose? What does it look like now? And then the next third question is what are the steps I need to take to transform from what it is now to what it needs to be? It's very simple. And that is the fundamental way in which you work with spirit. 
Okay, so moving on now. So how do I find my soul's purpose? Great question. So let's review what we know so far from other shows about what your soul's purpose is or your unique genius is another way to say it. So one of the highest values held in shamanic cultures is the fact that each each individual brings into this world a unique soul's purpose. This is not karma, right? And the gift of the soul's purpose has never been seen before and it will never be seen again if you do not live it. It is absolutely essential. You're the only one who can do it. So your doing of it is essential. So this isn't karma. This isn't something you get to do over. You don't have second chances. You have many chances around the karma that follows you. But soul's purpose is unique to each lifetime. It does not have a second opportunity to happen. So this is the one moment to live the unique genius of your life. And that value is held in many different shamanic cultures around the world. The value being it is the role of our community to support each individual in finding their unique genius and expressing that in the world. And then it is the role of each individual to give those gifts, the gifts of that unique genius into the community. And that becomes the richness and the wealth of the community. And so it means then that communities, while they are very stable in terms of how they um, operate relative to the environment and survival, in terms of the gifts, they very much are supporting diversity. And so this is something we really haven't mastered very well. We either have chaotic Uh, communities that support diversity and are so diverse they barely hang together as communities or we have very rigid communities that hang together but they don't really tolerate diversity very well so these are our challenges today but what's important to understand from shamanism for you is that to live one's soul's purpose is believed to be the core of your well-being in shamanism and i would say that in my 20 plus years of shamanic practice that i see this is true today. So what is our soul's purpose? So the first thing for contemporary people is we need to understand that our soul's purpose isn't the job. There is a vehicle through which you express your soul's purpose in the world. Your soul's purpose is an energy. It's it's an energy that is essential to you. So in other words, it is not my soul's purpose to be a shaman. That the shamanic work that I do as a healer and as a teacher is the vehicle that allows me to express my soul's purpose. I was also expressing my soul's purpose as I pursued dancing as a child and then again as an adult. Um, People are expressing their soul's purpose in the way that they parent. I mean, there are many, many vehicles for expressing our soul's purpose. Okay, so don't confuse your soul's purpose with a vehicle. People, People often sort of equate, well, I need to know my soul's purpose, and they're really sort of expecting a job title or an entrepreneurial idea or some sort of um, information that is more formatted in the actual physical world versus understanding it as the energy that is interesting to you always, the energy that you always feel passionate about. The energy in life that makes life worth living, that is what your soul's purpose is. It doesn't really have much to do with the vehicle itself. I mean, there are better vehicles and worse vehicles. But the important thing is to really understand purpose as an energy within you and that you can live your purpose and know you're living your purpose without knowing what your purpose is. 
And this confuses people too because you are most likely to track your purpose through feeling, through your felt sense of things, not through your mind and your ideas because you are more likely to have your passion for your purpose be hijacked by your ego up in your head than you are down in your belly. And so finding your path towards your soul's purpose is more of a felt experience than a mental experience. The other thing about understanding soul's purpose as being the core of your well-being is that um, it sets – how can I say this? We only have one word for this, which is work. And work in in America tends to translate to job and to – what, what, how are you making your money and things like that? And that actually work from a shamanic perspective translates more to the gifts that are coming out of your soul's purpose. Your work is your effort to bring your soul's purpose into the world from a shamanic perspective. And so one of the things with my students that I talk about is, you know, we need, you need to find your work. And in the meantime, go get a job. This whole new age idea of, you know, do what you love and the money will come. Well, that's great if that's working for you. But it also makes people feel like they're doing something wrong if that's not happening. And what we end up being paid for in this country has more to do with what are the country values than it has to do with you and your soul's purpose. And so if your soul's purpose is not something that our country values, you're probably not ever going to get paid a living wage to do it. So get, get a job. Go get a job that allows you to pay for what you need to be able to go live your soul's purpose. And there's nothing wrong with that. People seem to think that that's a fallback position or some sort of, I don't know, cop-out. And actually the greater cop-out is to abuse your soul's purpose or distort it in some way so that you can make money doing it. That's actually the greater cop-out. It's much, you have much greater integrity with your soul's purpose to just do your purpose and go get a side job if you need to. So anyway, so it's important to understand the difference between purpose and the vehicle through which you express your purpose in the world and that you will have many in your life and that, and the distinction of the work in shamanism, that we all need work. Um, In the writer Ian Banks, um, a Scottish writer, great really interesting writer today he talks about how once once human humanoid people uh basically get all their needs taken care of and there's no more fighting over resources no more need for money no more of all of that stuff no more hierarchy none of that then all people really need is to feel useful and the the shamanic cultures are saying kind of a similar thing that we really need actually ultimately to feel useful And our soul's purpose then is that unique way that makes us feel most useful in the world. In other words, to serve others without having served your soul's purpose is to have missed the point of your life. And this is another place that we get all confused about what should I do to live my soul's purpose is we think we need to go serve. And that service in and of itself will be an expression of your soul's purpose, which may or may not be true. If you are not touching the energy of your purpose in that service, then you're not serving those people or or plants or animals or whatever you're serving because you're not truly serving yourself. You're not in the sense that you are not doing what you were uniquely put, what you were put on this planet to uniquely do. So we need to accept that we are energy beings. 
and that uh, that which is apparent is not always that which is going is actually going on and that most often the things are not what they appear to be and so when it's hunting our soul's purpose we must accept that we are energy beings and that everything matters it's not you know, many people seek, you know, they quit that job and they go off on this training and then they get diagnosed with cancer. And there's this, this feeling that somehow their body has betrayed them and cancer is sending them off on some distraction from this training that they're doing that's going to be their soul's purpose. Instead of realizing that whatever path you go on for your healing is the path to your soul's purpose, that your body is not betraying you. Your body, frankly, is never betraying you. That if your body is ill, you betrayed it, frankly. But anyway, the point is that it is our, pa- our path to healing is not a distraction. It is our path back to our soul's purpose. That, that everything that's going on, any paths that need to be cleared, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, that these all um, lead us in if we can simply learn how to use them. Um, and in some sense, this whole idea of finding your soul's purpose is really the least of your problem. Because basically your soul's purpose is already there. It's right there in your belly. I mean, you don't have to go look for it, right? It's there. That what we really need to learn is how to live it, how to get out of your own way and live the purpose that is already there within you. There's for, for my money, for my time, energy, and resources, as I watch people struggle with this, I feel there is far too much avoiding answers like work on your grounding. Live and learn to live in your body. What do you have passion for? There's far too much avoiding of those energies and continuing to work, work, work to get that vision clear about my purpose. What does my perfect job look like and all of that? And um, the point is your purpose is already here. There's nothing to go look for. The issue is to cultivate that energy and to let it grow so strong within you that it pulls you forward. That you, it becomes inevitable in a sense. So finding it really isn't the point. Living it is. And therein lies the adventure and the challenges. So living your soul's purpose will require that you heal from whatever the path is that you have walked to this point in time. Living your soul's purpose will require warriorship. There seems to be this idea in people that if I'm following the messages that I get from spirit everything's going to feel good all the whole way along the path. And in my experience, how things feel is entirely up to me and how I choose to participate in following the message that I get from spirit. I can follow the message that I've gotten from spirit with my foot in the stirrups being drugged behind the horse, which is very painful, or I can get in the saddle. And that entirely has to do with me and how I'm living my life energetically and has really nothing to do with the message itself. And so when we make a huge change in our life, as we've listened to the messages from spirit to try to align with our soul's purpose, and then all of a sudden we're sick and everything goes to hell in a handbasket for the moment, we think somehow it's all wrong. Instead of realizing, no, this is how wrong your life was. And now you're detoxing from it. This is how poison what you've just left was for you. And yes, now we need to detox from this so this poison in your body from your old life choices stops distorting 
your view going forward and your choices going forward. So the path of following the messages from spirit towards your soul's purpose is not like lined with velvet and, you know, with bonbons served by bunnies all along the way and little fairies, you know, lighting the path. It's hard work. It will take warriorship. You'll be scared shitless half the time. But why not? The idea of living your soul's purpose is about a life of passion. And if you are not down for a life of passion, then don't bother with this. Because the only way to truly track your soul's purpose is to feel your passion. It is not in your head. Thank goodness, or we'd all be lost because there's way too much going on in our heads. That the seed of your soul's purpose and the passion that guides you to it lives deep in your body. It's in your loins, the Dantian, the center of all life. It is there where we are most godlike, in that place within us where we can create life. That is where your passion lives. So if you have been taught by the path of your life that that body, that part of your body is bad or forbidden or you only get to you know, experience it if you also experience pain or some sort of something around your body and especially your lower chakras, especially the region of your sexual organs, if you can't go there, If you do not own that territory and have full permission to go there and the ability to say yes and no to who else you allow in there, then you are lost if you are actually looking for your soul's purpose. Because your soul's purpose and your passion are intimately entwined. And so the first answer to the question, how do I live my soul's purpose? How do I begin to find it? Is you start by finding your passion. There is no other way. And this is one of those things where people go, yeah, Christina, okay, thanks. But, you know, I need to go take 17 more courses about how to find my soul's purpose. Because none of these people are going to tell me to do this really scary thing you're telling me to do. Which is to feel inside my body. To feel my passion. And to heal all the misinformation I have been given about my body. All the misinformation I've been given about myself as a sexual person, regardless of preference or because of preference, you may have been given misinformation about yourself and your sexuality. But all of these energies that have to do with passion are yours and they all, given the freedom to do so, they will all braid together and become a force to be contended with that guides you to your soul's purpose. And you know when you are not in your purpose because there's no energy there. There's no life there. That Your passion needs to be cultivated to be as if there is another being living inside of you, deep in your loins, and that that being lives for one thing, and that is the manifestation of your soul's purpose. It may be many vehicles, there may be many forms, but it is always that energy that gets you out of bed in the morning, that reminds you that you love your life, because today is another opportunity to do what you have come here to do. So if you don't touch anything from the heart down in your body, that is the place to begin to look 
for your soul's purpose. So how? How, Christina? How might I touch my passion? For me, given the nature of my childhood, I did the first thing I was told to do by another person. I didn't figure this out myself. I was very lucky to have someone in my life who said, go back to where you left it. And at that time, I was in my mid-20s, and I had to go back to young teen time in my life to go back far enough to find the last time I'd actually felt truly passionate and not just purely sexually passionate because that's a little bit of a cop-out and can be a little distracting because we're talking about a passion for your soul's purpose that would continue to exist even if there were no other beings here on the planet for you to be sexually attracted to. So this can't just be tied to sex. So we're talking about passion apart from that. But for most people, if you're shut down or repressed sexually, you will be so – your passion will be locked up in that same box. And so for many people, you have to be willing to grapple with your own sexuality if you're going to get your passion out of that box as well. You know, for me, I always imagine that box a little bit like the trunk that I had when I was a kid that we put all the costumes in. For me, it was like that little box all that stuff is in is more like a box of toys and costumes and, and the opportunity to really passionately explore. I know for some people, this box is like a scary, icky place and they're afraid that it's you know Pandora's box and all that. But I suggest you go with the trunk idea, trunk filled with costumes. Pick an idea like treasure chest, um, the place you throw all your toys when you're a kid, something like that so that as you get into this locked down place deep in your loins that you see it not as, oh my God, I'm going to lift this lid, it's going to get worse, but you see it as an adventure. You see it as a treasure chest. You see it as this place where all those things you're so busy looking for with your therapist and your, um, your groups and your classes and everything you're doing, they're right there in that box. Your job is to get to it and unlock it and to bring that stuff out and begin to cultivate it and let it move in your life. So for me, I went back to where I left it. And that meant really tracking back and paying attention to what in my life did I have passion for. For me, one of the many things, and so it was I needed to track back in my life to a time when I was dancing um, and dancing uh, at a young enough age where dancing had nothing to do with what was your job going to be, were you going to dance professionally in the world, but it was still just dancing for the love of dancing. And once you track back to where you felt passion, usually as a child, then you need to throw everything into that whatever that is now for you as a human, and let it bring you to your soul's purpose. I'm not saying that it necessarily is your soul's purpose, but it's the last time you were closest to it. And if you give yourself over to that in some way, if it's not the purpose itself, it will at least sort of throw you on the tracks of that oncoming train of your soul's purpose. It, it will bring you there and you will encounter your soul's purpose, not necessarily gracefully. It could be a bit of a collision as it was in my life. But, but to do what you know you have passion for and to give your whole life to it will take you the shortest route into a collision with your actual soul's purpose. 
So now, what if you don't have a time to tap back into when you actually felt your passion, when you felt alive and, and everything was possible and life was filled with wonder and awe and you didn't have any idea how anything worked and you didn't have any responsibility yet to figure that out. You just were having the grand adventure of childhood. What if you didn't have that childhood? Because there's a whole lot of people that didn't have that childhood. You know what? And there are some people that didn't have that childhood for completely reasonable reasons. I mean, yes, there are people that suffered unimaginable abuse and thus didn't have that childhood. But you know what else? There are some people that have suffered unimaginable abuse and still had that childhood. It's really fascinating working with people and seeing that, that some people, their passion is so strong within them that even in horrible, horrible childhood situations, that adventure is still happening. And there are others that that horrible childhood just wipes the adventure out completely. And there are others, because of the circumstances of their life, their parents protect them so completely, kind of like the boy in the bubble idea, that they don't get to have a life. And so I worked with a woman whose um, physical limitations had created a life like that for her. Her parents loved her dearly. She was an only child. And then on top of that, she had these physical disabilities such that she was absolutely, utterly, and completely cared for, you know, within an inch of her life. And so here she is as an adult in her 40s, midlife, saying, look, I need to find my soul's purpose now or I'm not going to run out of time to live it. How, How do I do that? And I said, well, you need to find your passion. She says, what's that? You know, she was so protected in her life that she never had a chance to know any of these energies. And I said, well, I don't know what to tell you other than you got to go find out what you do have passion for. You have to go live the life you didn't get a chance to live yet. And so what we talked about, so this is another to-do. What? So first, the first to-do was to track back into your childhood to find it. The second to do is, well, what if it's not there to be found? So then the second version of that to do is to set up for yourself the equivalent of the artist's date from um, the artist's way. And what the artist's date was is is a way to make a deposit into your creativity bank in the artist's way, in, in a nutshell. The artist's way is a great book, by the way. Um, But this is a tiny bit of that process. And the artist date was that you made a date in your scheduler relentlessly every week. You made a date with yourself to spend usually about an afternoon doing something entirely new that would in and of itself just spark creativity or be an infusion of creativity into your life. And these had to be things that... Um, They didn't always have to be new, but things that weren't you doing your creativity, but you going out and experience things in life so that it could be a deposit into your creativity bank versus when you're doing your creativity, you're making a withdrawal out. So think of the same thing about passion. If you don't know what you have passion for, if you've never had those moments in your past and you can't remember, then go do things now. Go experience things once a week go do something new throw yourself into it it can be i don't know paintball um it can be a museum it can be a new music 
group you've never heard. It can be anything. But make sure if you're really looking for your passion that this is a huge, diverse uh, path of things. Ask friends. Ask in particular people that you don't necessarily like or know well because they're going to suggest things that are really different than what you would suggest. Do things out in the world and feel. This is the most important point. Feel what it feels like to do them. You will stumble on your passion. You will find it because it is within you. It just needs to be sparked. And the way you can spark it is go do stuff. And don't do the stuff you know you like if your luck doesn't reach the level of passion. Do new things. Explore the world. Explore your city, your town. Explore your life. Move out of whatever your profession is. Do things that are foreign to you. Do things you know you'll embarrass yourself doing. Do things that you have no idea how to do. Go experience. And don't be a tourist there. Do it. Whatever the thing is, throw yourself into it with abandon and do it. And, and feel what it feels like to do it. And then take some time after to reflect and in that, you will find where you have interest, where you have passion. You'll begin to spark the parts of yourself that have been dormant for so long will start to wake up and go, wow, finally, it's time. We get to contribute. She, he will listen now. You know, these voices have been squashed potentially for decades, but it does not mean they're gone. They're just waiting for that opportunity to communicate to you. So the first thing that you really need to do if you really want to find your soul's purpose is find your passion. Wherever you left it or if you didn't leave it anywhere, find it anew. But you must find it and then begin to cultivate it. Now, one of the things um, many of you don't know about um, and should, we all should, is that in Taoism or the um, that branch of Eastern practices or in um, the whole yoga, Ayurvedic branch of things. In both of these worlds, there are personal sexual practices. So practices that you do not practice with a partner, you practice just with yourself. And that these practices are specifically for energy cultivation. And that if you truly do not know where your passion is, or you want to know, or you found it maybe, but you want to cultivate it, then these are the practices that need to be done. These, Frankly, these practices need to be being done anyway. But in the context of the show, if you want to cultivate your passion, then you need to learn these disciplines and begin to add them into whatever your daily, weekly practices. It could just be two times a week. It doesn't have to be every single day. But the point is to learn these ancient practices for how you cultivate the energy that is in the procreative center of your body, in the first and second chakra that comes out of the sexual organs that are, of course, the place where we are closest to God because this is the place we can create life, right? This is not the place we are furthest from God. This is the place we are closest to God. This is our Godhead. This is the territory of soul's purpose and passion and those things that tell you why you are here. We are closest to our own inner divinity when we are doing the unique reason that we are here. 
This is the face of the creator that wants to be known through you. This is where we are most sacred and most divine in doing what we have come here to do. And the only way we can do that is tapped into our passion, which rises right out of the place in our body that we carry, that thing which is most godlike. And so this is the terrain, the landscape within you that must be cultivated to know your soul's purpose. So step number two in terms of what do I do to find my soul's purpose Cultivate a strong, passionate base in your body and in your energy. So your organs, male or female, whichever ones you've got, even if you've shifted them around, it doesn't really matter. Whichever you have, they are yours. And you should not be afraid to use them. It is critically important to be able to feel what it's going to feel like when you are living your purpose, when you are feeling that unique energy moving through you, feel through these practices the orgasmic energy rising up your back channels until you're able to circulate that energy, um, this chi energy in your body, up the back, through the head and down the front. Wake this energy up through these practices, feel it alive in your body, and you will begin to know what it feels like when you feel your passion and feel your soul's purpose. This is absolutely and completely within your own sphere of influence without anybody else's energy confusing the issue. That these practices are individual practices and that they are there and designed for you to cultivate the very energies you're looking for that are the ones that will guide you true to your soul's purpose. If you cannot feel your passion truly and literally in your body, you will be lost going down track after track after great idea after great idea after every class you take about what is my soul's purpose and you will lose that real sustaining energy that comes from true passion. What I see people doing is losing their passion because they're obsessing. They've lost passion and moved into obsession over the vision. And needing to get it right this time. I'm not getting any younger. This has to be it. I have to see it clearly. And it's all up in their heads. And that what we have to do is to drop into our passion or we will be lost again and again and again on this journey. And we will continue to be utterly unable to feel our way there. So moving towards your soul's purpose is a felt experience. I know for me, I have to say, I spent most of it in the dark. And as my vehicles evolve and change, I find myself back in the dark again. I don't claim to have a clear vision before I do what I've been called here to do. And I certainly did not know what my soul's purpose was when I knew for absolute certainty that I was living it. There were years Not moments, years of living my soul's purpose, knowing it in every cell of my body. And if you asked me to tell you what it was, I would have been tongue-tied. I did not have the ability to articulate it, nor did I have a vision of what it was. But I felt it. I felt it in the core of my being, and it made me alive, more alive than any experience I had ever had 
up until then in my life. And the closest thing I could tie back to was not necessarily to sexual experiences, but back to being a child. When you're little, for me at least, in your little child body, absolutely vibrating with the adventure of the day um, and, and being in nature and having having miracles and awe happening as you're exploring the world and you're you're alive in that moment that's the closest thing to what it feels like to living your passion so if you don't if you can't remember the last time you felt that and you have no idea what your soul's purpose is stop thinking about it stop visualizing it stop doing all of that go spend all your pennies on learning the taoistic either female or male practices, given whatever organs you have. I don't care how you present in the world. They're tied up to your biological organs. So you need to go and learn the ones that go with your organs, okay? Do them. Start out once a week, move to twice a week, three times a week, until you are doing those practices every day. And you will know your passion. And your passion will guide you to your purpose. And you will not get lost on yet another path. That sounded like such a great idea and you had such a perfect vision for. You have to feel your way there and mostly it will be in the dark. And that's a good thing. That's not wrong. So many people say, well, I don't have a vision. I'm so confused. I don't know where I'm going. Feel your way there. So what is passion? At times, true passion. At times, passion will be the only thing that feels like it is keeping you alive in the, propos- pro- in the process of becoming the person who can live your soul's purpose. You will be changed by that experience. Again, to do what spirit is calling you to do, to do what your soul is calling you to do, does not mean life will now get easy. What it means is you'll no longer be abandoning your soul. That's the easy part. That's the part that gets easier from the life that you may be living. But it does not mean that now that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, everything's going to be easy. There have been moments where the only thing that got me up off the floor was the passion itself because it refused to die. And boy, there are moments where I wished I could. The passion lives you and you need to learn to live it and it will take you to your soul's purpose. It leads us the truth. So let's say then, that you are rock solid on passion. You got more passion than you know what to do with and it's like bursting out all over the place and you just don't even know where to go with it. So the next thing then in the how do I live my soul's purpose is you need to cultivate then the truth, your truth. And this is this little Christina-ism that I've never seen in any other teachings but is part of my teachings, which is the cultivation of your truth cord. Now we've talked about this in like, I don't know, 50 different shows. But anyway, we'll come back to the truth cord because it's really important here. Once you've got your passion moving, it is a, you know, beautiful, beautiful beast. But you now need to guide it in the direction that feels true to you. Again, not because you have a perfect vision in your head, but because you have a feeling in your heart that this is true. Again, you're probably still in the dark. I know I was. But you feel that passion burning inside of you, deep in your belly, and now you want to cultivate a sense of truth in the heart. So for me, in my teachings, and these are not shamanic teachings, these are just, for me, what that was, 
was a sense of a cord of truth. It's like a plumb line, like those surveyor guys use where they drop the line down. It's got a heavy weight at the bottom. Very much like a pendulum, actually. But that line extends down from the highest power of the universe through the top of my head, through all the centers of all the chakras, lining them up like little beads on a string and extending down through my grounding cord and into the center of the earth. And that line of truth ties off in the center of the earth and up at the highest power of the universe. So it is like a string on a stringed instrument and it can be tuned and it vibrates when I hear the truth from within myself or outside of myself. So it vibrates when the truth is present, no matter the source, no matter whether or not I like the truth, and no matter the ramifications of the truth on my life. And so as you can see, the truth, this sense of truth, an internal resonance with the truth, is um, quite capable of standing up there uh, in partnership and beginning to guide the passion towards what feels right and true in your heart. And as you can see, at this point in time, my mind is not involved in this process other than the mental discipline to do the practices in the morning to cultivate the passion, the mental creativity to figure out how do I approach this day with these energies. The mind is not being given the task to determine the soul's purpose. The passion and the truth are given the task to determine the soul's purpose. And so the cultivation of the truth cord, then I use the mind to get my butt out of bed in the morning and to sit and to run that visualization from the highest power of the universe down through my body, through all the chakras, just as I just explained it, again and again and again, tuning that truth cord until I have one. Not just a gut feeling, not just intuition. Not just inspiration, because until we line these up on the truth cord, they are random and unpredictable. They may be right, but we can't call on them. So the cultivation of the truth cord means the truth is present within you at all times. It already was, but without the cultivation of the truth, we have a hard time listening. And we have a hard time cultivating a sense of truth strong enough to work with the passion that we've developed. And so the mind's job is to run the visualization that creates the truth. And then your job during the day is to notice, is to notice the vibration of truth on that truth core. And so you notice as you move passionately in one direction or another, whether or not the truth actually is vibrating in your heart or whether the heart has gone flat, the cord and the truth in the heart has gone flat. And if that happens, then that's not true. And so together, the passion and the truth cord can guide you in the dark. You don't need a vision. You don't need to know what it is. You don't need to have it all handed to you clearly from spirit. You know, I do know people that get it from spirit, bless their hearts. You know, they, somebody arrives and they download some information and it's exactly what they're supposed to be doing for the next three years. And bless their hearts, that's great. You know, never happened to me. It sure would be nice, but that's just not how it works. So if that happens, that's great. And, and you are still responsible for how you take that information from spirit and live it. And what if that message from spirit about what your purpose was, was purely or to manipulate you through your ego. Possible. 
it's always possible. And so if you do not have your passion engaged and cultivated and you do not have your truth cord developed, you're never going to know whether that message you just got downloaded from spirit has anything to do with you and your purpose and what is unique about you because our egos are so easy to be played. And they are played by energies that come in through the mind. But the passion could care less. I mean, passion makes us do humiliating things all the time. It's the bane of the existence of the ego, right? The passion. That's its beauty. It just doesn't care. It's here to do what it came here to do by whatever means necessary. And so the truth cord is really important to discern how to move that passion in the world. So there was another question then about how do I live my soul's purpose? And that question was, if there was one or a few daily things that you wish everything would do to move them closer to finding or living their soul's purpose, what would they be? Or what, or, or are there even such things? And I believe there are, because as I've said many, many times on many, many shows, we are energy beings and we have to cultivate that energy or it just goes wherever it wants to and all over the place. And it goes wherever the orchestrating story of your culture is wanting it to go. So in other words, if you are not cultivating your energy, you are being trained to be a good consumer, to go to work, to spend money you don't have, and do what the media wants you to do. Not because the media is bad, but it is the strongest storyteller in our life right now and shaped by stories. So if you don't want to do that, because, you know, boring, right? If you don't want to do that, you must cultivate your energy body. There is no possibility of living your soul's purpose and reneging on your responsibility to cultivate your energy body. That's just the bottom line. Okay, so moving along to the question. What would these things be? Well, number one would be cultivating a wild affair with your passion. I just spent a half hour talking about that. Daily thing number two, cultivate a deep, committed, monogamous relationship with your truth. So you've got a wild affair with your passion and a deep, committed, monogamous relationship with your own truth core. Got those two things going. Daily practice number three. Stop lying to yourself. Now, that, once again, is like one of those messages I described from Spirit. It seems really simple and it's really challenging to do. But that would be the next thing because it is all these lies we tell to ourselves that edit out the messages coming from within about what our soul's purpose is. Our soul's purpose rises up and we say, well, I can't because I need to be, you know, a sexier woman. Well, I can't because I need to be a good father. I can't because I need to work 60 hours a week. I can't because I need to do this. They're all of these stories we tell ourselves. They're not necessarily true. What we need to do is to begin to be the storyteller within our own life. What is the kind of father or mother you are choosing to be? What does that look like? How can you do that? What is the kind of worker and work ethic that you have in the world? And how can you work somewhere and bring an income in in a way that allows you to be true to that part of your story? So instead of taking in all of this program, most of it is simply lies, frankly, 
Instead of taking in all of these stories, the third thing to do was begin to notice what are the stories that I'm telling myself and do I believe them? If I don't believe them, they are possibly lies. If they are lies, why am I giving time and energy to them? Now, there is another side to this. The other side to this is the exact opposite. But both of these things are important when it comes to telling your own story. Is there are many people, I have many students like this, who don't think enough of themselves. And say things like, I haven't cultivated a strong enough relationship with spirit yet. And everyone in the room goes, "Uh, excuse me? Everyone in the circle looks at this person. Every single person has an example, a story from the past, being with this person of their profoundly cultivated relationship with spirit. But the person still can't hear it because they're telling themselves a lie that they don't have a strong enough relationship with spirit or whatever it is. And so on one hand... You need to stop listening to what everybody else is telling you. But on the other hand, as I've just described, there are times when you need to listen to the people that love you. You need to listen to the people that are willing to call your shit shit. You need to listen to those people that love you dearly and want only for you to live your soul's purpose and see you often more accurately than you see yourself. So with these two scales balancing, the one scale that is filled with all the stories you are being told that are in and of themselves lies, wanting to just manipulate you and keep you from your own truth and diversity. And then the stories you need to listen to and let go of the story you carry. One way or the other, you need to begin to stop lying to yourself and find that place within yourself that you begin to write your own story about the kind of person that you are, the quality of experiences that you are interested in having, how you want to be in the world, what you want to spend your time doing. That these are the things that are important in terms of being able to actually hear the voice of your soul's purpose as it rises up and recognize it for what it is. And how do you do that? Because if you did step two, you've cultivated your truth cord. You have a truth cord. And you're using your resonance with the truth cord to test. Are these stories lies or are they true? And stories are profoundly important. And so I'll just share with you these beautiful, wise words from a Nigerian writer, uh, Ben Okri. He says, beware of the stories you tell or read. Subtly, at night, beneath the waters of consciousness, they are altering your world. So what I'd like you to take with you this week, then, is this. Think of it this way, though. Consider how powerful the stories are that you tell yourself or read. Because at night, subtly, beneath the waters of consciousness, they will alter your world. So if you want a world where you are passionately and truthfully living your soul's purpose, make sure that that is the story you are telling. Those are the stories you are reading. And that is what you are allowing at night to subtly and completely alter your world. Thank you, everyone, for joining me here today. And thank you, Josh, for your questions. I was thinking that next week... 
I was going to do a show on how to pick shamanic training, but that sounds really boring to me. So I'm asking you all, send me ideas of what you would like to hear, what aspect of shamanism you'd like to hear a show on, and send me questions. And we can always circle back around to shows we've already had and go deeper, just as we did today, because of Josh's questions. We went much deeper into what it means to live your soul's purpose. So save me from my boredom about next week's show and send me some great ideas uh, so that we can continue to enjoy living our soul's purpose next week. Thank you, everyone.